Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise. To contact us, call us at 208-331-4096. That number again is 208-331-4096. Now here's Joel Van Hoogen. Hebrews 12.3 says, Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Our message today breaks in on a quote from author A.W. Pink as we consider the contradictions Christ endured in the conflict, and we keep this in mind when our good works are paid back with grief. He was none other than the Lord of glory, the beloved of the Father, the second person in the sacred trinity, the creator of heaven and earth, end quote. And I would add to you that he was the one remarkable and only completely holy and sinless person. His thought was always good and right. It was always one seeking to bring healing, seeking to bring life. His words were always not to condemn, but to stir up life within him. He said, I've come not to condemn the world. His words always came with the intent to bring life out of death and to encourage the fallen and to confront those who were about to fall or were falling. He came on a mission of love to redeem and rescue people to himself, to grant them life in the place of death in a full expression of unimaginable grace and unimaginable mercy where he gives us what we don't deserve and he withheld from men what they did deserve. He came to bring to them forgiveness in the place of God's judgment and wrath. Pink goes on and continues to write, quote, he was opposed. This is who he was. This is what he did. And then he writes this. In contrast to that, in contradiction to all of that, he was opposed constantly By word and action, he was opposed by his own people according to the flesh, the Jews. He was opposed by the very ones to whom he ministered in infinite grace and loving kindness. That opposition began at his birth when there was no room in the inn. He was not wanted. It was seen against him in his infancy when Herod sought to slay him and his parents were forced to flee with him into Egypt. There's a messianic prophecy In Psalm 88, verse 15, where we hear Christ pathetically saying, I am afflicted and ready to die from my youth up, end quote. Throughout his life, the contradiction he endured. As soon as Jesus' public ministry began, if you start adding it and you calculate it, calculate this. Calculate the contradiction that he endured against himself. And what you see is one unbroken, relentless stream of animosity and opposition as opposed to everything that was in his heart and everything that he came to do. He was derided as a prophet. He came. He was God's word. He spoke as God's word to people. But men, when they encountered him as a prophet, derided him. You might remember at his trial before the Sanhedrin, they blindfolded him. The one true prophet that all men should have been waiting for, they blindfolded him. And they struck him and they cried out, prophesy, Messiah, and tell us who struck you. He came to be their king and they mockingly put a crown of thorns upon him. He was before them the Savior and Messiah to be worshipped. And it also says they mockingly bowed down before him in mock worship. He came to promote his peace and he was accused of attempting to lead an insurrection. His teaching was constantly questioned and tested and opposed. His very person was regularly insulted. 
He was accused of being a wicked man because he fellowship with broken sinners on a daily basis. As he healed on the Sabbath day, he was called a lawbreaker. He performed great and gracious miracles of healing and delivered people from demonic bondage. And it was told to all around that he was doing it in partnership with Satan himself. He was accused of being born in illegitimacy, who was the Holy Son of God and born of the Holy Spirit. He was branded as a glutton and a drunkard. He was accused of speaking against Caesar when he had clearly just taught that men were to render to Caesar everything that belonged rightfully to him. You see, you can go through it and you'll find all along he's experiencing this contradiction. Again, let me quote from A.W. Pink. Quote, Though he was the Holy One of God, there was scarcely anything about him that was not opposed. Here is emphasized the greatness of Christ's sufferings. Such contradiction, so bitter, so severe, so malicious, so protracted, everything which the evil wits of men and Satan could invent, the word such, such, is also added to awaken our wonderment and worship. Though the incarnate Son of God, He was spat upon, contemptuously arrayed in a purple robe, and His enemies bowed the knee before Him in mockery. They buffeted Him and smote Him on the face. They tore His back with scourgings. They condemned Him to a criminal's death and nailed Him to the cross, and that between two themes in order to add to His shame. And this... This at the hands of men who, though they made a great show of being sanctified and holy, were but sinners. And just so you know, it didn't just roll off the Lord Jesus' back. It's not like it didn't matter to him, and he didn't care about it. He felt the turmoil in his soul of this contradiction. Christ felt keenly the contradiction Because the Bible says he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Even our deepest grief and sorrows, the grief and sorrow we experience when we experience the contradiction of hostility towards those we seek to love. Psalm 69.20 says at the very end, the Messiah cries out, reproach has broken my heart. Calculated. Added up. You have never suffered or will come close to suffering the contradictions between your actions, no matter how good they are, no matter how pure they are, no matter how much you approach individuals in your love and service, no matter how hoarsely or harshly they reject you and what animosity you might experience from them, you've never experienced such contradiction to the extent of our Lord Jesus Christ and what he experienced in order to save you from your sins. Never. And yet through all the contradiction that he endured, he was true. He was true from beginning to the end of his life, and he never turned aside from his purpose or his path or his calling. He ran the race out ahead of us, and he took the major brunt of the opposition so we don't have to. He didn't leave the flea of a struggle, He endured it for our sake and for the sake of those who still went on opposing him for their sake because he loved them. Calculate it whenever you think that you've suffered enough that now has come the time 
when it's ready to pour out your own retribution on those who resist you. Calculate it when you think you've suffered enough and now it's come time for you finally to throw in the towel and quit. Calculate the contradiction Christ endured before sinners and for sinners just like you, just like me. He endured all this in order that I might claim you for himself for all eternity. Calculate the contradiction. Here's one last word for you. Courage. The word is maybe encourage. Back to verse 3 in Hebrews 12. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. In the New King James it says, lest you become weary and discouraged in your mind. There's a courage we need to find here instead of throwing it off, instead of becoming so discouraged that you throw off the courage of continuing this race. Calculate what he's endured in order that you might encourage yourself, in order that you might not throw off your courage, be discouraged and follow him. I don't know if you follow the news very much during the week, but if you follow the news this week, you'll find out that the head of the EPA, Scott Pruitt, wrote a letter of resignation to the president. And I just want you to read a little bit of it. And actually, as I read it, I think sometimes it, it sounds like the red letter of resignation sometimes that we're wanting to write to the Lord Jesus. I'm not making a comparison here between Trump and the Lord Jesus. Please understand me here. Let me qualify that so nobody... Just look at the analogy here. The head of the EPA wrote a resignation to the president, and this is what he said in a part of it. It is extremely difficult for me to see serving you in this role, first because I counted a blessing to be serving you in any capacity, but also because of the transformative work that is occurring. Could we say that as Christians to Christ? Certainly so. However, the unrelenting attacks on me personally and my family are unprecedented and have taken a sizable toll on all of us. I'm resigning. I understand how a person can be beat down to the point of resignation, turning away from the struggle. He says, she says, I just can't take it anymore. I just can't take it. Lord, it's been great to be a part of this transforming work that we're involved in, but it's too much for me. Well, don't let me be your final conscience on this matter. You have to bring your struggles before the Lord Jesus and pour your heart out before Him. And, and I, I say this carefully. I know there are certain situations where we are actually perfectly just and in the right to remove ourselves from places of ongoing abuse. But, but, I think very often we leave our post of service and ministry and duty to others the service and ministry that we do to others, but we actually do for the Lord Jesus Christ, I think we oftentimes leave them prematurely because we think we cannot or need not take the contradictions of life. And I would only say to you, before you're tempted to do that, weigh in your minds, calculate in your minds, the contradictions our Lord Jesus bore and endured for your sake and for the sake of all righteousness. So how do we overcome discouragement when we're met with contradictions and hostility? When we mean to bless and offer good faith to others and their rebuttal is to say that we abuse and that we're selfish. How do you, how do you meet that? The answer is this. We take courage from our Lord Jesus. He leads. We run towards Him 
And he runs ahead of us in the race and we follow after. We are only experiencing a small measure, though it's hard for us, of the contradiction he bore for our sakes and for the sake of those he loves and he longs to win to himself. When he was reviled, he reviled not. When he was cursed, he met the cursings with blessings. Be encouraged to continue on and follow him. Our Lord Jesus, by the way, overcame the opposition set against him and the contradictions set against him. Though that contradiction took him all the way down into death, though it took him all the way down to the cross where he breathed his last breath, he overcame it. He overcame it. He counted it all with his resurrection life. He counted it all with everlasting life. And he's given that to us. He's given that to us. He overcame it with his eyes on the joy of having you and me as his very own. So take courage. By his indwelling life that he now gives you, by his everlasting life that he gives you as you trust in him, you'll find that as you consider him and you calculate all he endured and as you look to him, that he'll also give to you his enduring life. He'll give it to you. Thanks for joining us today at the Bread of Life. For a copy of this message, just call us at 208-331-4096. Or to learn more about our ministry, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Please join us again as we share with you food from our table. Until the next time, God bless you.